Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Fight Club, everybody. Uh, we're feeling a little disoriented because we, we're missing our Tay today. Tay is normally the person that announces this show. So I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, give us a <laughs> uh, Fight Club for Business is a, a show for home service professionals. We are a team of industry experts who also happen to own home service businesses. And we are here to help you fight for your business. We're going to cover the main areas of business, money, people, marketing systems. And each week, we bring a guest on to offer their insights and expertise to help us as well. So this week, we're really excited to have Electa Bartel with us from Profit in Your Pocket. Uh, Good morning, Electa. Would you mind sharing a few things about yourself with our audience, please? Absolutely. My name is Electa Bartel. I'm with Profit in Your Pocket Bookkeeping. Um, I am a certified bookkeeper exclusively serving the home and service industries. And the rules I live by are uh, get her done, what's in your toolbox, and the house wins first. So I'm a (laughs) four-time teacher (laughs) that discovered bookkeeping because I had to help my husband, and I fell in love with it, and I've not gone back to teaching yet. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And as a fellow bookkeeper, I can attest that you are still teaching every single day. I'm sure you are. With yeah. your clients one-on-one. Um, it's a different content now. <laughs> different content, but it's more fun because you're making a difference. Uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower uh, business owners to live more financially rewarding lives by knowing their numbers. And I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting firm. And Jeff likes clean windows and gutters with my husband, Jeff. And I'm happy to be here on this Tuesday morning. It is dark again in California. I'm very sad about it. Oh, no. <laughs> hey there. Good morning, Electa. I'm Michelle Myers, co-founder of Pink Collars, and we put remote CSRs or office managers in your company. If you need help with the phones and emails and texts and chat and all the wild ways that customers reach you, we can absolutely help uh, hold back the tide and manage those those interactions for your company. I am so excited to hear from you. I love bookkeepers. Megan's one of my besties and I love the number part. It is not my strong suit as a business owner. Full disclosure, it's not my fave. So I'm happy to learn from you and listen and and welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm Martha Woodward. I hate bookkeeping and uh, (laughs) full disclosure. Um, But uh, I am a former maid service owner. And I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software that's all about employee empowerment, uh, engagement, and building happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club, everyone. Yay. Oh, and we're going to be a little awkward because we're going to try and talk about marketing, but we don't usually talk about marketing. That's absolutely Tay's forte. Um And I think maybe we can all ask you a marketing-related question from your area of expertise, if that's okay. So we're going to pass it around. Ladies, I didn't ask you, but is that cool? Can we share the load here with Tay? I like it. All right. I like it. 
I've got my first question kind of teed up and I am curious what percentages you usually recommend for marketing spend for business owners. So is there a range or a benchmark that you like to see for home service business owners? And uh, not to like influence your answer, but I think I have heard a range depending on growth mode or kind of like holding steady mode. But would you mind kind of giving uh, some insights about what you've seen to be a healthy percentage on marketing spend? Absolutely. Um, I, I know the rule of thumb is minimum 10%. Um, I've seen that number all the way up to 20, 25% just to, um, especially if you're a new business, oh my gosh, you're going to spend so much money on marketing. Um, but I would say within that range for sure. And then always looking for those free marketing options too is always a nice way to talk about things. The gorilla marketing options, always a favorite. <laughs> marketing options. <laughs> Okay, awesome. And I forgot to mention, I'm the note taker. So when I am typing away, that's because I'm I'm the, the show notes taker. <laughs> All right, Michelle, your turn. Yeah, Alexa, tell me what kind of home service businesses you support, like kind of what's the major industry that you serve? And then can you tell us maybe what their pain point is in that industry? And then lastly, does that pain point kind of go across all home services? Are you seeing kind of the same thing or is it indicative of that one industry that you kind of focus on? So that was a big question. I niche down to home services industries, but I found even within that niche, there's a niche. <laughs> there is. Yeah. So, um, I probably help more skilled trades folks than I do like window washing. So, um, Got it. so, so like a plumber, plumber, HVAC, electrical, yes. HVAC. Okay. Yeah. So somebody who needs some sort of certification to do their job, absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. And what's the pain point you're seeing with these folks in terms of finances, right? Um, I, I know we're in the marketing world right now. So we're going to talk about marketing, but what are you seeing them do in marketing? Cause you're seeing those financials come through. What are they kind of spending their money on? Are you seeing anything in particular out there? Well, I've noticed everyone struggles with the whole pay-per-click SEO type stuff. It's just, yeah. um, it's intimidating for folks and they want to have a good marketing agency to go to. Um, and it's just kind of managing the numbers of like, is this actually working or not? Like, yeah, it might be something totally different that is actually getting your phone to ring instead of what you think you're paying for. Yeah. It's interesting. We were in a mastermind last week and mm -hmm. I was sitting next to someone who does marketing mm -hmm. and he actually said it takes like 90 to 120 days for anything to kind of really cook fully. Yeah. And so you get some traction on it. So for those listening, it's not just a 30 day turnaround, right? It kind of mm -hmm. takes a little while for it to like get going and, and produce some results. Um, so pay-per-click and, and advertising online has always been some sort of voodoo magic to me. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it really easier, mm -hmm. like honestly. Um, and so I find that like you said, when you find a professional, somebody who can be an agency or somebody that can walk you through that marketing piece, that's super beneficial. Um, where in the country are you kind of working currently or do you have clients all, all over? I have clients all over, but I live in Colorado Springs. 
Oh, Colorado. I love it. So you're right in the center of the country. I love, love, love it. Okay. Awesome. And then I also was here. Um, I'm actually in Hilton Head right now. I was in Savannah this week and saw an advertisement with the guy that just did HVAC and the entire ad was nothing but his truck. There was nothing but the graphics on his truck, the side of his truck. That's all he talked about was his truck. And it's interesting because now that truck is like burnished in my mind. I don't even live here, but I, I could recognize it if one drove by. Are you seeing people lean into that kind of marketing in their business, making sure their branding is on point? And are you seeing that kind of as you watch the numbers go by in your, your For business? Sure. Oh my gosh. Everyone's talking truck wraps these days. I hang out are they? in Tom, Tommy Mills <laughs> Facebook group and everyone's like, hey, what do you think? Ah. And so, yeah. Can we- can we plug that for a second? Because I sent that yeah. to somebody yeah, the other please. day. Uh, if you are not a member of Tommy Mello's Facebook group, you should join. It's called the Home Service Expert. And there's a thread in there that has 400 comments on truck wraps. And it's from a professional, Dan Antonelli. And I sent it to somebody yesterday because I was like, if you're going to wrap a vehicle, you need to read every single one of these comments and do what he says because he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Alexa, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, we don't usually like plug other groups but that that one thread is so golden and i will tag dan antonelli for these kudos because it's incredible it's incredible love it yesterday i drove past two trucks and i can't remember the exact name of it but installers was in the name and i'm like installing what yeah (laughs) so i mean they had a great it was very graphic and very bold but i'm like i don't know what you do Hmm. yeah Okay, so as a bookkeeper, do you help people strategize on what they should be spending on something like that? Like, say one of your clients comes to you and says, I want to do a full rebrand, but I don't know, can I afford it? Can I not? Like, what are some of the things you kind of help them work through so they understand if it's time for them to do that in their business or if they should wait a little while? Sure. You can always, I always ask like, what's the purpose of a rebrand? Because sometimes people just want to re-energize their business. (laughs) Sometimes a, a rebrand's not going to do that, <laughs> but um, also just um, I'm heavily influenced by Ellen Rohr, and so we, so we, we love we, Ellen. We always have to get to KSP, so I always have to see you know their books and if they're actually accurate and up to date, and then after that I can kind of set a budget for them and get it updated. And we can see if the margins are there to set aside the money for a rebrand, or we might need to adjust pricing. I haven't met a single person where we don't have to adjust pricing to accommodate new expenses and growth and all of that. Yeah. You said an acronym there, KSP. For the listeners that don't know that, can you share what that means? KFP is the new, KFP is the known financial position and I'm actually working with Ellen right now to make a checklist of what is a known financial position. So I'm so excited <laughs> to find That's a cool new acronym I haven't heard. Have you heard yeah. that one, Megan? No, I, no, I haven't, but I, I um, was just looking. I keep Ellen's books right here on my desk. Yes. Like, <laughs> I just, we are I them right away and I've never gotten back. <laughs> we're such fangirls. I have two copies yeah. of how much I charge. Oh, I love Ellen. She's the best. She is I I have one of Ellen's books at, in my bedroom and I have it clipped to my Peloton screen and I have it clipped open so that I can read it while I'm biking. Because it's like I want to read all of her stuff and I want to consume it quickly. So 
Yeah. I think she would love that if she knew that I was clipping it to a screen to read it. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. That is awesome. Good stuff about marketing. Thank you so much, Alexa. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, Martha, on yeah. mar- on uh, marketing? Yeah, it, Did you want to throw so, in? So I was gonna. I was thinking as you all were talking that um, because I'm been in the maid service world where. I'm most familiar with maid service and lawn care and window cleaning. And those services are more of a luxury item to come up Mm -hmm. with a better term. Um, And I thought marketing for a necessary item would have to be different. Um, So... And I was thinking about like what I see on the television with um, HVAC companies, plumbers, etc. And really what I see is them marketing their customer service and their quality. Now, me having quality driven software, I sit there and think, how do you prove that quality? Because they all tout the best, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, so let me, I'd love to hear like how most companies like HVAC, mm-hmm. electricians, etc. what are those pain points you're marketing to? Oh, the pain points. Um, honestly, the pain points I see is most entrepreneurs actually pay themselves less than what um, they would make working for somebody else. So that's always wow. my first goal is to like, let's bring your income up personally so that you're comfortable. Right. And you're not stressed and you can make good strategic decisions from a place of comfort, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's always what I do. And I will say, I do not think a maid service is a luxury. It's a necessity <laughs> in my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's cheaper than a divorce. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's a need, not a want. It's a need. <laughs> it's a, it a mental health thing for me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but when when those types of companies are marketing to the consumer, oh yeah, what they they need them. You know, the consumer needs them. So how do they stand out? What are some of the ways? We heard trucks, like just for brand recognition. Right. No, trucks. And then um, they answer the phone live is typically Mm -hmm. a really great competition. Um, If they can promise that they show up when they say they will, that's like, wow, above the bar, right? Right. (laughs) And um, and honestly, just good, trustworthy service. You know, they hire good people that you can trust in your home. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I see them differentiating themselves. They always try and have other little gimmicks and things, but I would say those are the basic threes, the basic three. Right. Great. Reading, reading those back. I'm like, you said, answer your phone, show up, be honest and trustworthy. This is what the, what makes a good and different service company. Sadly true. Huh? You don't Low have bar. to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> So, all right. Well, okay, Megan, well, we can probably get into actually finance now. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. money. Um, that that gave me the chills a little bit. I think I need you to say it again because I didn't actually note it. 
most business owners mm -hmm. pay themselves less than they would make if they worked for somebody else. Is that what I heard? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's my experience. I mean, it's absolutely true. I just have never put it that way. And that's haunting. Yeah. Uh, most business owners pay themselves less than they could make for somebody else. That's crazy. I wonder if anybody's listening today and that resonates. Like, has that, have you experienced that? Have you gone through that? I mean, I know it took me in my accounting company, it took me three years to get up to my old salary. Yeah. Three years. Mm. Thanks for time. <laughs> That's, that's haunting. Okay. Um, so your business name is Profit in Your Pocket. So let's talk a little bit about profitability and your favorite hacks to getting a business owner to profitability. Um, okay. I feel like we like to talk about marketing. We like to talk about sales. And I like to geek out about profitability um, because it is directly related to how much you can pay yourself as a business owner, how you can mm -hmm. stop working for free. Um, so share with us a little bit how you go through that process with a self-employed person who's having a hard time. Maybe they're not profitable when they start working with you. What are your favorite hacks to increase profitability with a business owner? My favorite hacks after we've got a clean set of books is actually just um, looking at billable time and our pricing based on the billable time that you have, because everything's born out of pricing. Like I can't make you profitable if you're not priced right. And then, um, and then I'm a huge fanatic like you with profit first. I love that system. And I feel like that's the quickest, the quickest stop gap to take someone who maybe doesn't understand their financials to profitability because I all of, I love it, you know, managing that cash, like you understand cash. I don't necessarily get excited about spreadsheets, but I understand my bank accounts. So that's that's the quickest way I can close the gap, I think. So let's talk about billable time for a little bit, because I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't think we've talked about it on the show maybe ever. Um, we have a mutual friend uh, named Jeff McConaughey, and Jeff has been a guest on the show before. And Jeff is a spreadsheet nerd. He's not, he like, he geeks out over numbers. But two years ago, I remember... He's been like doing 40% growth. Like he's just been killing it year after year. The man sets a goal. He crushes the goal. He sets a goal. He crushes the goal. And he told me at one of these, at one of Martha's conferences that, well, this year I'm just going to focus. I'm not going to focus on anything else but billable time. That's my entire priority for the whole year. And it made such an impact to his bottom line. What I've learned though, is like most business owners don't even know how to start. So can you tell us like, if you're a lawyer, you know what billable time is, right? If you're an accountant, you know what billable time is. But if you're an electrician or a plumber or a maid service or a window cleaner, you're probably like, what are they talking about with billable time? So let's let's first define it and then let's help give our listeners a way to go find that number. Right. Um, well, there's some, um, some cheat ways to go about it. But basically, um, billable time is the amount of time you're actually physically serving your client in whatever industry you are, like you're physically touching, doing what you're doing. Um, and I'm going to expand on that. Billable time is the time you're getting paid for. It's the time you're getting so paid it's for. It's like the time that you are on site and the client is paying you a dollar amount for service. Right. Absolutely. And I think people really okay. struggle with knowing their billable time. Um they actually overestimate how much time they billable time they have. I mean, a lot of smaller um, home service companies, they work 
50, 60, 70 hour weeks, but like legitimately you only have a thousand billable hours a year. So let's tell them what billable time is not. Billable what time is, billable is time? Um, running to the warehouse for parts. Um, anytime you're on the phone, anytime you're um, in a meeting or learning about a software or anything like that. So um, all the, all the ads are driving Learning, admin time, yeah, running payroll, running payroll. That's it's all um, not billable time, but it still needs to be done. Mm. So, so let's talk through. You said billable time and pricing, and that was kind of like your magical recipe to a more profitable company, which I think is uh, brilliant. I I'd never <laughs> heard anybody put it together like that, but it's so smart because those are both things you have under your control. So if we so let's do some simple math for our listeners. Um, I'm going to need my calculator because I'm still in my first cup of coffee. But no. let's say a company <laughs> wants to make a million dollars. You want to make a million dollars and you only have a thousand billable hours. Then you have to charge a dollars an hour. A thousand dollars an hour. And that's just your base rate. That doesn't even include like... <laughs> you know, your uh, cost of goods or anything like that. So that's just your base. Something that's, that's pretty wow. impressive, right? Like as a listener, this is why we like math because you can actually set a goal and crush the goal. So if you want to make a quarter million dollars mm -hmm. and you only have a thousand billable hours available to you and you're working by yourself, then you have to charge $250 an hour. As a minimum. As a minimum. Mm-hmm. So when people come to us and they say, oh, my charge rate is $50 an hour, $60 an hour, mm -hmm. I think that's a good exercise to multiply that by a thousand hours and be like, okay, this is the maximum that you could possibly make this year and you're going to have a ton of expenses. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love my numbers because I can assess a business pretty quick. So mm -hmm. that's wow. really great. And for a listener, if you were like, well, I, how, much am, how much am I making per hour? You can take your total gross divided by a thousand hours per technician or per person yeah. out in the field. Mm -hmm. And you can figure out what your current labor rate is mm -hmm. and then you can improve it. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about pricing because pricing and labor rate are related, right? Oh, for sure. Charge for a job is usually based on labor rate. So, um, I know Ellen has a trick. doesn't Ellen say, if you don't know what your pricing should be, just triple it and we'll figure it out. Isn't that what she said? <laughs> I mean, that's the dirty way. <laughs> yeah. She's like, if you don't want to bother with the math, just triple it and you'll get close enough to start. That, that'll buy you some time. I think that's what she says. That'll buy you some time. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about Alexa's way of, favorite way of setting pricing or reviewing pricing. Um, let's see. Well, I was going to say the quick and dirty way for me is if you're not charging at least 150 an hour, you're probably paying to work for skilled trades. That's just the break even point. Wow. Um, yeah. So if you're charging 89 or 75, we're going to just, just double it and get it out of the way. And yeah, <laughs> that's the quick way to go about it. But actually I love the profit first um, instant assessment. So I've kind of, if you kind of flip it backwards, you can make it a, like a budget and a pricing guide pretty easily. So I just kind of build a price kind of using that little metric 
and um, divide by billable hours, you know, for the company. I love that. If Do you have a handy link for that? I wish I did. Um, Ooh, well, I have one. Okay. I have one. I'm just going to grab it from Mike Michalowicz's website, if that's okay, everybody. That's perfect. Yeah. I love that tool because it's based it on revenue and not industry standards, which I think is very useful for especially the smaller companies. Awesome. Um, okay. So, and we've mentioned Profit First a couple of times. If you are a listener who has not read that book or listened to that book, we highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's it's basically a cash flow tool to help you manage your business based on your bank account balances. Because the reality is, elect and I see it every day, we are managing our businesses based on our bank account balances anyway. So you might as well use that to your advantage. Um, my husband says it's the best way to hide money from yourself. And he always feels broke. And I tell him whenever he says that, it's working. It's working. That's how you're supposed to feel. <laughs> Except for uh, one day a quarter when he doesn't feel broke and we get to do the celebrations. Um, I love Alexa that you're a fellow Profit First nerd and fan. Um, I think any, any, I got to just leave it with one more thing. Any tips or tricks for people who are struggling to know their billable hours? Like, do you have a favorite way for them to measure that? Because I have a feeling we have some listeners who are going to be like, I have way more than a thousand billable hours. And you and I are both going to be like, no, you don't. And you're, they're going to be like, yes, they do. We work at a job site six hours a day, every day. Um, so can you, can, do you have any favorite tips and tricks to help them figure that out? Um, honestly, just based on like a home service industry versus construction, you're going to have lower billable time just because of the, you know, the drive time and stuff between your projects. Whereas, um, I do have one company that does construction and they're, they're on site. So they've got more billable efficiency because mm -hmm. that billable time is also impacted by efficiency as well. Yeah. So, cause realistically, theoretically, I have a thousand billable hours for me, because I'm a solo entrepreneur, but I don't always work at 100% maximum efficiency. So mm -hmm. I, I probably should be, I should be pricing myself at about 750 billable hours a year. Just mm -hmm. um, so it's honest. Yeah, it's efficiency. And it's also just I use that thousand um, billable hours per, per vehicle or crew um, as a rule of thumb. And we adjust from there. I like it. She does have a hack. Just use a thousand hours and don't argue. She knows what she's doing. She's helped lots of business owners. It's a great hack. I love it. Well, I've known Ellen for six years and that's always her number. And I'm like, it's Ellen Rohr. I, I can trust that number. So, like you. you can just say that and be like, and mic drop. It's Ellen Rohr. That's what she says to do. <laughs> Right. Yep. Good. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to pass you over to Michelle and she's going to talk about systems with you. Well, that to-do list, that instant assessment thing is a system, right? Anybody that's listening can download that PDF and put in those numbers and find out exactly where the profitability is hiding in their business or if they don't have any, right? So I'm going to encourage everybody to do that. The link is at the bottom of the chat here and we'll make sure and put it in the comments too. So make sure you do that, people, because that's going to help a ton identify where you are as a baseline. So once people find out where they are as a baseline, what is the next sort of logical step to kind of working into their profitability after pricing? Then what's the thing that they look at after that? I would say cash flow and getting that system, that cash flow set up and kind of 
based on your budget and where you want your money to go. Um, that's where okay. I would start after after we get to a known financial position and after we adjust, address pricing, then we're actually going to start moving the money to where it needs to go. Needs to go. Okay. So do you help people identify a way to, to work on their cash flow? If they have a broken system, say they don't take credit card payments or they wait and send invoices, that old school, that old school thought, right? Things that go out and they're chasing the work, right? So how do you help them kind of get their minds around changing that? And what systems do you kind of employ to, or deploy, sorry, to get them their cash coming in the door? What, what have you seen work out there? Absolutely. Um, I think it's what's mission critical is a good CRM, something that's okay. easy about, um, you know, managing that phone call and that appointment and the pricing and the job that was done, that's huge. Yeah. And then yeah. um, because from there, it gets easier. Um, I will not take a client if they do not use a good merchant card processor. I need to have that client data. I try and build them a system that if the ball drops, we still have data to work with and we can just pick yeah. it up and move on. Um, and then so that they can keep the money coming in. It's just easier to see, um, to see that. And um, I love in implementing profit first if they're willing to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, just getting the daily operations nailed down because okay. after, after you do that, you don't have to go back and revisit it. If it's not broken, don't fix yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And it's so funny because we, as in Pink Collars, we've kind of just started venturing into plumbing and electrical, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to find um, that there are some folks that are still old school. They're still doing things on pen and paper. I was, I've been shocked at kind of the amount of folks that are out there still doing it. And that's not indicative of just plumbing or electrical. That's all mm -hmm. service businesses. Uh -huh. But it seems so apparent for those guys because the numbers are so much bigger in those jobs. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, home cleaning or exterior cleaning or window washing. The numbers are really big and they're still doing things on pen and paper. Um, have you been able, <laughs> I know, have you been able to take someone from pen and paper back before you had this guideline and you wouldn't take them without something? Have you been able to watch somebody make that transition and work with you um, from no. zero to, to a I system? I personally have not transitioned anyone from paper to a CRM. But um, it's just critical. And I understand the pen and paper because these industries are very tactile. They like doing things with their sure. hands and it's something they did so it, they can touch it as opposed to poking an iPad or something like that. <laughs> you no, know, it feels foreign to them. So, yeah, I, I yeah. get it. But a good quality CRM can really help manage your schedule and your finances. So... I love it. Okay. And then give me one other sort of tool system that you deploy when they come to work with you that mm -hmm. might not be something that they've ever used before. Mm -hmm. Kind of give me some ideas of what you're, what you're forcing them into doing to make it more easy for you to work together. Right. Absolutely. Vendor line of credits. I do not. Ooh. Ooh. I know mine. Mind <laughs> But it enables your people to work independently of you. Like they can go get materials that they need to do their job. Wow. But still keeping track of what people are purchasing and what jobs they're charging them to. Because I don't like technicians just running around town with credit cards. 
Like that's not that's not control. That's not a good system. Because it's like, did they buy materials or did they buy a you know a table saw for Christmas? Like you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why that's I love vendors. So oh, thank you. That's so smart. I wouldn't have even thought about that. I would have thought, oh, credit card's fine, but you're probably right because there's so many little transactions mm -hmm. to kind of follow the trail of. If it's a line of credit, somebody else takes care of handling all the detail part of it. Right. right? Absolutely. Well, vendor line of credit Love it. just provide that structure I, that everyone wow. needs to function in. So yeah, I love those. So it's a free tool. Free tool. Do it. Use it. <laughs> Okay. I love it. That's beautiful. And that's talking about people, which all of our businesses don't work at all if we don't have awesome people. So that's a good transition to hand you over to Martha and she'll talk to you about people. Thank you so much, Alexa. That was super helpful. So I was listening to focusing on billable time and I love that. But I also know when you focus on billable time, and like staying under a certain threshold, then you have to balance that because people will start cutting corners to meet that threshold. So what have you seen work and not work? Um, and maybe some things that the people you work with put in place to assure their quality. Well, for me, everything's born out of pricing. So if you're priced so low that you can't maintain the quality of work um, in conjunction with your billable time, then we need to adjust pricing to buy you time and buy you a better system and um, find better clients, maybe, if that needs to be addressed and um, just maintain that quality. It's all based on pricing, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a broken record. You're going to hear that all the time. <laughs> I mean, we need to hear more of it because we, when you said 150 break even point, I'm sure there were listeners who were like, I'm not even close to that. You know, like that, I'm not even near that. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting, but that's no, so good. Right. I love it. I'm trying to buy you time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, so in the maid service world it's very common to pay, uh, commission percentage pay. And so people are incentivized actually to get, you know, stay below that budgeted time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. I just think that checks and balances are necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I know in my world, you could earn a certain percentage. Um, I actually paid hourly towards the end, but uh, you could earn a certain percentage if and only if you hit our quality standard. And if you didn't hit our quality standard and that was a measurement, then your percentage would go down. You know, your percentage pay would go down. And that's how I was able to keep in check, you know, so that they heard I care about time, but I also care about quality. So, but I would imagine in the world of electricians, mm -hmm. HVAC, things are a little different because you all run into a lot of unknowns. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I love the fact of, I love commission. I love bonus. I think it's great. I think it's an easy way to incentivize people. Um, and yes, you do run into the unknowns and you should just budget that in. I mean, I was talking to a roofer yesterday that I'm like, okay, you don't. Yeah. Anyway, it, it wasn't a good consultation to be honest, <laughs> but, um, but no, you do run into the unknowns and that's why that billable time, like if you're thinking a thousand billable hours, maybe you're going to reduce it a little bit to run into those unknowns. Like, oh, like electrical. So many homeowners like to try doing their own electrical before they'll call a professional. That is, you know, some people can do it. Other people are scary. Um, yeah. HVAC's a little bit. Most people don't work on their own furnace, which, you know, that that industry doesn't have to worry about it. But, um, yeah, you just just accept what your work life is like and just build a system for it. I mean, you know, account for it, make sure it's, you've built it in, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so much of those quality scores is based on customer service yes. and communication. communication. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think what you've managed to do, Martha, is just really cool. I, I like it. I like your system a lot. Yeah. So. I took down my plug for quality driven software. I was like, we can't not talk about it if we're going to be talking about quality. And so I threw it up on the link. Uh, we personally, we do uh, Martha's method of hourly plus bonus. And the bonus is aligned with what our incentives are and what the, the staff's incentives are. And all of the bonuses tie back to quality. So uh, what is their quality score and what is their response rate? Like what percentage of the customers have that high of quality? And um, we use quality driven software to track it. So you won't, you won't plug it, Martha, but I'll plug it for you because I think it's so important and it changed our entire culture when we did that, because now we have more raving, happy customers. We have employees who are meeting their metrics and the clients are happy. So it aligned both sides of the coin, which was really, really helpful. Us. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful thing when you can get your employees to buy into meeting their budgeted time and mm -hmm. hitting their quality standards. So that's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Well, and I think as far as recruiting is concerned, isn't that so much easier and more fun to be like, hey, if you play the game with us, you get extra money, you get bonuses. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I think I think that's the easiest system to be able to sell to a potential employee. Right. Um, too. Right. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're rewarding the right people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not um, I always equate it to the participation awards that everybody gets. Yeah. It's not a participation award to everybody get a certain hourly rate or commission, it is a performance award. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, luckily they can perform. I mean, they can um, control that performance. And so. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I guess we could go on and on and on about <laughs> you know how to get these things but i will pass it back to quote tay and uh, yep. tay slash megan and we'll start oh, some homework 
Yeah, let's do some homework. Um, I just had to put that quote in, though. That was so good. I love this uh, teamed up effort between bookkeeping and people. We haven't really talked about that before, but pay should not be a participation award. It should be a performance award. I feel like we need to put quoted by Electa Bartel and Martha Woodward. Like that was a joint quote that you guys came together with. I liked it. Um, Okay, so usually what we do now is we assign homework. We like that Fight Club for Business is different than most podcasts or shows that you'll watch because we don't want you to be sitting there passively absorbing information or getting new ideas. We would like to use this information to help you move the needle forward in your business. So uh, we are going to go through and assign several homework topics this week. And we want you to execute on it. So we're going to say, choose one, only one. We don't want you to get distracted by a bunch of squirrels. Um, and if you can do one homework assignment every week that you listen to the show, you will improve your business. You will better your company and you will better yourself. So um, that's the soapbox speech that Tay usually gives that says, just do one homework assignment. And um, if you need help uh, with your homework, if you need like a tutor or a study buddy or an accountability buddy, we have a <laughs> private Facebook group called Fight Club for Business. And in that group, yeah. that's where we hang out and we're happy to help you. We've also got a bunch of really cool entrepreneurs in there that are, are very generous with what's worked for them. So we encourage you to join the Facebook group if you'd like help getting your homework done. Um, so now uh, for marketing homework, I think I'm going to say to take a look at what your current marketing spend is and see if it aligns with Electa's recommendations. Her recommendations were between 10 and 25%. And when you see what your current marketing spend is as a percentage of your total revenue, I want you to do like a little pulse check to see if that aligns with what your goals are this year. So are your goals you want to you know, increase profitability are your goals that you want to increase sales are your goals that you want to go from blended to branded? What are your goals this year as a company? And so review that marketing percentage so you can see how you're doing there. Um, I'm going to wait on the finance homework since that was a lot of talking in a row. Um, and I'm going to pass it to Michelle for systems. Electa, we're going to come back around to you um, and maybe you can do our finance homework for this week. Okay. No pressure. Ooh. If you don't want to do it, no that's pressure. Okay. I'll have a plan. Um, but I'm going to pass to Michelle, who's going to offer systems homework for this week. And I'm for your systems homework. I loved that instant assessment. I'm going to totally start, probably steal Megan's thunder and ask people to do that because none of the systems you put in place work if you're not profitable. Like it's all just fluff and stuff, right? It's all just marshmallow. And if we don't understand exactly where we are, we can't buy the tools we need. We can't invest in those CRMs. We can't get those tools that will help the techs out in the field. We can't rebrand. We can't do any of the things that make the entire business better. So I'm going to put the link in to have you do that instant assessment. It's a PDF. It looks to me like it would take less than five minutes if your books are clean and ready. Mm -hmm. um, that's the caveat. Make sure you got good clean books. Um, but it looks like you could do that really quickly and understand right where you are and what needs to change in your business. And we're coming up on the end of the first quarter, which is a really timely night. It's a timely way to kind of see where you are because you've got about two weeks to pivot for those first of April businesses or jobs that are coming in. So this might be a wonderful time for you to change those prices. So 
That's money and systems all rolled into one. A big ball of love. Okay. <laughs> and if you're a profit first nerd, we love coming up to the end of the quarter because that is the day where we roll in the money. It's so fun. So, so fun. Can't wait. Two more weeks. <laughs> right. Okay. So for me, I think I've given this homework once before, but gosh, that was at least six months ago and it's good homework. How do you balance productivity and quality? How do you get both? So it's along the lines of the participation award. You've got to have some incentives for people. And it doesn't have to be money. It can be days off. It can be, I don't know, cool awards that you give or something but uh how do you balance those two things that's your homework all right and then okay Alexa, do you i thought of some finance homework have do you have some finance homework for us i have some finance homework um this first quarter i've been seeing some really ugly balance sheets so i'd love it if people would run a balance sheet and go line by line to actually see if they can back up that information with an external financial institution document so does your balance sheet checking account? Does your balance sheet match your savings account? Are your loans correctly recorded? I, I'm sorry, I'm a detail person. So, and it boils down to that. So run a balance sheet. Wow. Mm. You just said the word balance sheet on Fight Club. I don't think we've ever said that word on Fight Club that's before. A big word. Uh, Those are big that's words. so funny. I usually uh, say most business owners like hide from balance sheets. So I'm going to tack mm. on to that, that if you need help interpreting or evaluating that balance sheet, you should reach out to Electa because she <laughs> likes balance sheets and she's a ninja. So um, that is not going to be my homework, but I'm going to encourage them and we will drop your information for how to contact you in there. Um, and I'm going to steal... For finance homework, I'm going to steal something that you said earlier, and that is I want you to figure out what your labor rate is. And I love that you gave them a good hack. If you would like to know your labor rate for last year, you take your total income, you divide it by your total number of full-time technicians, and then you divide it by 1,000 hours, and that's your labor rate. And if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So I'd like you to just figure out what is it right now. Um, and then you can start playing with it and increasing it and improving it by raising your pricing. So um, I love it. That was that was some good homework this week. Um, so now, Alexa, if they would like your help with the balance sheet, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Their best way to get hold of me is to schedule an appointment with me via my website. I make it super simple. Just pick a time that's convenient for you. And it's just a real quick short survey just to let me know, orient me a little bit on your business. And I'm happy to teach you how to run a balance sheet and read it. So cool. So cool. Still a teacher. See? Still, Still a teacher. teacher. Mm. I love it. Still a teacher if I don't. <laughs> and we always end with a quote of the week, Electa. So I always take that one. And I thought this one was good. Um, it's by a person named Marley Matcher. And uh, he or she, I believe, is the author of But Are You Making Any Money? Question mark. So, And it says, change is not always fun, but in order to run a profitable business, you've got to course correct constantly. So this end of the quarter might be time for you to course correct in your business. Thank you so much, Electa, for joining us. And everybody, thank you for joining us in the Fight Club today on this beautiful middle of March Tuesday.
Everybody have a terrific day out there and we will see you all next week. See everybody. Bye. Have a wonderful day. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.